0: The Survival Guide to Life, a podcast about how to win in life every second, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, consistently. Hey everyone, how's it going? We got another episode of The Survival Guide to Life, and this week we have Victoria Rivera. She's a wellness psychotherapist, and she coined this term because of her holistic orientation and her mindfulness and her meditation. She works to understand how we as humans need rest, diet, and bringing all of this together in a holistic (coughs) way so people can be spiritual, mental, and physical and bring that awareness in each and every one of us. So I wanted to thank you for coming on the show and I appreciate all your time, Victoria.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so,
0: how long would you say you have been a psychotherapist?
1: <laughs> uh, for over 15 years.
0: <laughs> I don't like to say too uh, how long
1: specifically, uh, uh, but uh, keeps me people thinking that I'm young.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you are. Young. So, uh, and then in in that from when you first got into the field to now, what, if at all, has there been a shift in, like, the way the approach has been given t- towards, like, a patient?
1: Oh, yeah, there's been a big shift. When I first started, we really were working on this evidence-based treatment, which is, like, cognitive behavioral therapy or uh. Well, acceptance and commitment therapy, which actually I practice, um, but as a way of kind of telling people that that you know you have some sort of disease. It was a medical model. You have depression, and so what you do is you you know go to therapy for six weeks, ten weeks, or whatever it is. You take medication, and then you are cured. Uh, But what we know now is actually human beings are much more complicated than that. And depression doesn't just mean that there's some sort of chemical imbalance. There could be a variety of things that are going on, especially at the same time, that affect people. So I think what we've learned over the last 15 years, 20 years since I've been practicing, is that people are much more complicated and much more whole need to be looked at holistically. And that's why in my practice, that's what I, I do is, is help patients understand that, you know. They're coming in to feel better because they feel anxious or depressed or overwhelmed, but there's so many different aspects of their lives that are, I need to be looked at, and it's not just about their mood and their emotions.
0: Okay, so that that makes uh, a lot of sense, and in like regards to like just depression and anxiety, more like trying to like alleviate from like medication, like say for example, like say SSRI's. I was, I was speaking to this um, uh, other doctor and just saying that the, like the there you can't really weigh the benefits to the, the, <laughs> the negatives because when you actually look at it on a scale, it's like far more worse f- than you. Rather, if you go down this holistic route, um, even though it may be harder to tackle on at first, in the longer run, it's more beneficial.
1: Well, I think, you know, our brains like to say either or, and I think it's more of all and a combination of all, because I do see people who are on medication and who need to continue to take medication. There is, I mean, you know, with depression and with anxiety and mood disorders, there's a biological component, obviously, and we don't understand it all. We really just don't, and so my approach is: if you need to take medication like SSRI's or you know medication for mood mood stabilizing medicine, I think doing that initially, especially when you're not feeling well, is so important to get you out of that. Like most most of the time, when people are like, for example, pretty depressed, you know, they don't want they might not want to get out of bed. They they might not be eating or taking care of themselves or sleeping well. so so there's something that does need to kind of get them out of that space and then from there they can get the energy to holistic things which would be like meditation and acupuncture yoga like depending upon what the person needs and what speaks to them in terms of a treatment form whatever and whatever that is
0: okay no that um i guess i didn't i i should have um Thought a little deeper in, uh, in for the reason being because I d- when you were saying that it just made me think of my aunt who like when this c- uh, when like the pandemic was like sort of like in the beginning stages you know s- kind of like just went silent and wasn't like talking to anyone like when my uncle was telling me and sh- he said it happened once before and it was like he said it's like s- something in the family and then when you said the biological thing I guess that's where you can't really have one major like uh, approach to it rather you have to take oh i think i lost patient, you uh, rather you have to take each uh patient um differently and um take it um i guess you can say with like a cup of tea
1: yeah yeah well look i mean i think it, it's it's so normal for our brains to want to say oh this one thing is going to help me. And then that's all I need. And I'll be happy for the rest of my life. And that's, that's just not true. And I think in our society, we actually encourage that. So, um, you know, there's, uh, there's so many ways in which this happens. Like you find your dream job and you're never going to be unhappy. You know, you find your dream partner and, you know, you're going to live happily ever after. I think just with life generally and with therapy and, and with you know what you choose to kind of help you to make you feel better, you hope that I'll do this one thing, I'll take this medication, and then you know my life will be so much better. When in fact it's a combination of things. So, and that's I think the most important thing is understanding how our brains actually work so that we can work with it and understand that part of the process is okay, well, medications work for now but I do need to add other things like you said earlier to kind of increase the longitude of of, I guess, you know, I would say I don't want to say a cure because that's not really what it is, but of living a more meaningful life, you know, feeling like you have meaning in your life on a daily basis. And I think that that's like what you know, I work to help people to understand.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, instead of like coming in and then looking at this end all goal and just be focused in on that and not getting to that right away would kind of stop someone and like, you know, um, I guess belittle their like growth. So instead you have their mind in on the macro and the micro and like what they're doing little, like the little things they're doing every day and how that's sort of like slowly getting them back into the place they need
1: exactly yeah because it's the little things that we do every day that like you know accumulate Uh, you know if you eat like cheesecake every day (laughs) you're gonna have some problems Uh, but if you take care of yourself and you do a yoga practice every day or meditation practice every day again the the long-term effects of that are are going to be it, 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 well, I think in, in the long run it's going to be positive. Um, eating cheesecake probably will not be positive, but uh, but it's that similar concept, right? You do something every day that you know uh, the cumulative effect.
0: Uh, I guess yeah, in that aspect, so it's like I I would really hope that like the cheesecake approach would be that of benefit because <laughs> I really like cheesecake, <laughs> but uh, in like I guess within um, psychotherapy, would, is there any like um, subject matters within it? Like, is there like a cognitive approach or like a behavioral approach or anything like that? I, I, I don't know too much about it, which, which is why I wanted your expertise.
1: Yeah, definitely. So look, we're so complicated as human beings. <clears throat> we have this thinking brain, we have this body, and we have our emotions and we have other things that I think we don't really quite understand yet, like energy um, and, and what happens when you're around somebody or things that are unconscious that you pick up on that you don't even really know. So what, what you do, what we're, what we're trying to do is really just like sit down with ourselves and try to understand ourselves as much as possible so that we could make decisions that are in the long run gonna be good for us and move us towards not just our goals. I think that's, a a, you know, as humans, we always have like goals that we wanna kind of work on. but also towards our values too, like our values in life. And that's something that you can actually work on on a daily basis, right? A goal, usually there's some sort of endpoint. Value is your, are you continuing to live your value? And I think that you kind of said with your, your cognitive, like thinking part of your brain, your behavior and your emotions, that is a really great start to work on some of the other aspects that we don't really quite know about like this energy, you know, what kind of energy you're giving off, what kind of energy, you know, know, I'm sure you've probably had experiences where you've met somebody and the energy you can't quite put your finger on what it is but something in your gut and your brain says oh you know this person's kind of got something going on that I you know need to like step away from or somebody who has like an amazing energy and optimistic and very like caring and loving and fun you want to kind of attract you know you're attracted to so I think some people call that, you know, maybe the more spiritual side of us as a being. So not only are we thinking, feeling, and and doing, but that there's that spiritual energetic side. Uh, That's what I'm kind of like referring to. uh, That's not quite tangible, but that's what we work on when we work on um, kind of helping helping people to understand themselves is all those aspects of themselves and how to get more in alignment with whatever goals they have or what values they have in, in their life
0: okay that the that makes a lot of sense and um just in the approach of you know trying to tie in you know like physical and the mental and the spiritual together um, w- what brought you to the conclusion that like it, it's not just one thing rather it's all, everything together?
1: Uh, well, I could say, you know, being a human myself, uh, you, you know, the process, I've been in therapy for a long time. And as you grow in your own therapy and in your own life, you notice things, right? You notice things about yourself, you notice things about other people, you notice patterns that you're engaged in and so you know i often it's 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 a challenge because I'm I only imagine what other people's experiences are the only experiences i actually have are the ones that i've gone through right and are my my perceptions and, and my like understanding of things and so first you have to understand your own before you can understand how other people might perceive or see something. And I think this was really evident, you know, over the last couple of years where, you know, we're kind of all getting this similar information and people are interpreting it in different ways. And I think that that's, if you understand how you interpret it first and, and, and have an understanding and compassion that given your experiences in your childhood and your life and what you've learned up until this day, um understanding that helps you to understand how other people could potentially get the same information and have a different conclusion about it and i think that that's the real key is if you are able to understand yourself better you're able to understand other people better and then you're able to you know if you want to you know kind of change opinions help people feel better you know work on you know Helping them to take care of themselves in in some way. I'm not saying that that's what you need to do or be be of service in some way to community. You know, that's not necessarily a goal for everybody, but that, in my opinion, is something that we're placed on this earth for. Is like, you know, how do we? I I always talk about this. We don't understand like why we're here, and it's kind of crazy that we are here. But um, a lot of the different philosophies and religions would talk about like you know know thyself uh the kingdom of god is within like does it knowing yourself helps you to understand and work better with and understand other people and i think that that's at the end of the day probably what we most want to do is let's just have good relationships with people and live like a good life um and whatever that is for each of us
0: no uh i wouldn't have said it better because uh, if you really try to look at us as a, uh, what, what what we are, maybe creation, or, uh, you know, just like uh, you, some people want to say, you know, we evolved from something, but w- whatever it is and whatever you believe in, if you just look into yourself, you know that, like, okay, we're kind of are, like, spiritual beings, like, in this, you know, like, physical like life that we're living and if you just look at like the feelings and just base things on the feelings and the feelings alone when you are helping another person and you're helping them from the right place of the heart and it's authentic then you could say that the feeling that's driven from after helping someone should be enough to tell you that this is maybe why I'm supposed to be here, you know? And um, it, I guess you can't really have everyone like look in your uh, point of view, but that, that's not really the, I guess, point of like, life. It's more like trying to understand yourself, like you said, and by under- understanding yourself, then you can better approach other people as well as be more mindful because like sometimes mm-hmm. you'll, you'll notice things like how you feel in a certain way and stuff and then you'll be around someone and then you you'll go out of your way just to make sure they don't feel like that and then they'll they'll kind of notice of like oh wow he's you know going extra just in case like i don't think like this and then uh, i'll sort of do that sometimes like yeah you know he, uh, this is right here just in case you know like in case your mind thinks like that and then people will tell me like oh like uh that's weird that you're like think like i was just <laughs> thinking that and um it kind of made me want to ask my next question is in, i know it's not too big as in like um taken as okay this is going to be how we're going to classify people and use it as an approach as in um the personality as of a person and do you do you think that like that can really be like Put in a chart and like you can say if this one's like this and that one's like that i mean i guess you can use it as a basis but wouldn't wouldn't you say that it really is like every person's unique to their and they have their each person has their own approach that's different from the other
1: right yeah well yes i think that that's probably a good assessment is that it's a good base uh, I know if you're talking about the Myers-Briggs or like the Big Five, which is another like kind of like personality uh, spectrum that we that psychologists use a lot. And there's so many different personality tests. Uh, I can't even, I don't even know all of them. DISC, I think they do a lot for like work. I know a lot of corporations, I do a lot of corporate work with corporations and people come up to me now and they're like, oh, I did this assessment at work and this is the type of person I am. And, and I think it's very helpful and it, you're right. It's a good basis for understanding yourself. So, you know, if you work, you know you're a little more organized than other people. Like I know for me, I am definitely much more free flowing. Like I, I can't, I, I have a hard time like doing things in a linear sequence. So, but, but other people, you know, they're able to do that. And and that's how they having that structure is very helpful for them. So I think kind of understanding that part of yourself, is just like the tip of the iceberg of the other things that you could learn about yourself. Like you could learn, oh, the reason why I'm so and she you know would have all the cans of vegetables like facing that way and that helped me feel like more secure and i think that's what that can help you with is understanding how you are and how that has probably developed from your upbringing or from experiences that you've had. And it's interesting, right? So say you don't wanna be so like linear, you don't wanna be so organized that you feel like you're too anal and people are always complaining about it, you know, your partner or somebody like that. Then you can say, oh, okay, so my mom did this, this was a sense of security for me but for my husband or partner, it feels like, you know, I'm controlling. And understanding that would is like just so helpful. So I think that you're right, like having that basis of, of these personality tests, but just taking them with a grain of salt, right? Not everybody can fit into these, you know, square pegs that we have, you know, where we're, we're all so unique. And I think understanding like why you do what you do and having an understanding of your patterns can help you immensely uh, particularly with with uh work um but most importantly in relationships with other people because again like we were just talking about like at the end of the day that's what we value the most um sometimes we forget that but that's that's the value as the people that we love and care about
0: and then um just in like your own clients or just your the people you around you and just like your own like analysis what how have you seen a shift within themselves like mentally and spiritually like uh, like before and like after like, wow. sessions? Uh, like, um, like before and after sessions like 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 they spent like six months or like a year with you, and then like before and after, like well, what were like some of like the like main like things you would notice in like most of your clients?
1: They feel like they have a better understanding of themselves and they're able to communicate that to people. And they and, and that they're working at a job or like towards a purpose that they feel good about. I think that that's, that's what I've, you know, when I work with people, that's that's the goal that I have in my mind. And um, eventually we do we do get there and, in some ways. And, you know, I always think of, you know, therapy too, is, is that it's not like a, you know, you start, you know, a year and then a year from now, you're totally hundred percent better. Or, you know, your life is great and amazing. I think, you know, things happen. People die. You lose your job. You lose um, your sense of stability. It, it things happen. And so you come back and, and you work on understanding how that's affected you and impacted you at your life at this time. And then, you know, maybe another year, two years from now, you stop therapy and you're better. Um, and you might come back after that. I mean, it, it, it really depends upon life, right? Life is so complicated and and, and and unpredictable. We just don't know like what's going to happen. And that's why I think, you know, we struggle so much with putting things in boxes. Like our brain wants us to have certainty. And I talk about this a lot because, you know, during COVID this, is, this year has been very uncertain and the one thing I think that people keep on saying, which I totally understand and get is, oh my gosh, we can't wait till this year ends and it's, and it's over. In some way, I think our brains are, are thinking, oh, well, once 2020 ends, then this everything will end, this whole thing will end, but it's something about it that is a final date that gives our brain some sense of certainty. And um, I think that when you get off kilter again, when you feel like you don't have that certainty, then you probably will end up coming back to therapy to work on getting that sense of, it's not even certainty, like maybe a sense of security or safety and understanding yourself a little bit more and how to kind of reground yourself probably the best way to 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 phrase
0: it uh yeah even in in those terms i would say therapy is not just something you just like like finish in a year or like finish in two years rather it's uh because maybe someone's seeing a therapist after like you know a long time and there's been like you know decades and decades of like bottled up like emotions and traumas and all these things underlying things uh whether it be you know uh, self-limiting beliefs or whether it be like external factors from when you know when they were young and all these things are coming into play now with having bottled it up for so long i could only imagine how how much effort and time it takes to actually sort of get somewhere and start like uh you know taking steps towards a direction of uh you know uh recovery but in you know in that terms and like the terms of the ones who sort of like see the light in the end of the tunnel and <coughs> towards the ones who are like oh it's why is it me you know like this is just my luck you know like I, i'm i'm screwed I, like this everyone else is fine but this is just what it's going to be for me um with people who are having these type of thoughts what have you found be effective to sort of come from a place that they can understand as well as being benefiting to them so they don't stay in this like mindset
1: yeah that's that i think that's a really great question and i wish i had like a concise uh clear answer for it because i think that that's like that's that that's money right there (laughs) or that that would be you know, something that, that we could all use. Um, uh, it's funny, because you just, when you were talking about like mindset, who came to my mind was uh, Carol Dweck. I don't know if you've ever read that book. But it's called mind, Mindset.
0: Okay, no. I'm Have you deb- heard
1: of it before? No, okay, I'm deb- the, so this woman, I think she was a, an educator or psychologist, a researcher. I can't remember her name is carol dweck dweck and she talked about mindset and then there's um two two sets of mindsets one is a growth and the other one is a fixed mindset and in in in, and i think what she was saying is kids who did who who did better in life and felt more satisfied um as adults i think it could be wrong, um, but people, but just people just generally who have more of a growth mindset seem to be happier and more content. People who have a fixed mindset, which means that they don't really try new things. They don't feel like uh, their effort is going to be worth anything. Um, that they have a harder time. They, they're they just more stuck in life. And I think one of the things in terms of working on changing your mindset is understanding which type of mindset you have most of the time. Because I think we can have a fixed mindset in some ways, but we can have a growth mindset in other ways. And how, what areas in your life can you have more of a growth mindset? And we know now, I mean, the, the research totally is out. Our brains continue to grow even as uh, we get older, um, in our senior years, there's neuroplasticity, we're learning new things. We're pruning some things, we're you know, learning new things all the time. And so, you know, we can always grow our mindset. The problem is, is when you feel like you have a fixed mindset, you feel stuck. And oftentimes there's, there's some sense of, of, of grief or fear, or sadness or loss, uh, depression that, that is holding you back from having more of a growth mindset. And so the emotions are actually holding you back from, from growing and from experiencing, it, which is totally understandable because, you know, really at the end of the day, these emotions are, they're information for our brains to say, oh, You know, I don't want to try this new thing because I remember when I tried a math problem, this actually happened to me when I was younger. I tried a math problem in in class, it was long division. And I got so upset that I didn't know how to do it. I started crying and I I was so embarrassed because I was in front of all the students and I'm crying and I'm just like so upset. And I kind of ran out of the classroom. And, you know, luckily the teacher followed me checked in on me and said you know you can do this it's okay this is not easy it's not hard now had i had a fixed mindset and said no i couldn't do it well you wouldn't be seeing me here today that's for sure um but um but because i had that support and that flirt that like encouraged a growth mindset that oh other people have problems with this and i can do this too and so that's so learning that you can have that you can increase that growth mindset particularly when you have the support of somebody else and that's I think why therapy is so helpful because you do have the support of a therapist who does believe that you can grow grow and that you can like do better and that you can you know understand yourself understand yourself in whatever way and live a better life. Um, and change circumstances. And I think that that's the most helpful thing is, is having that person uh, there for you to kind of support you in that. And that helps to facilitate a growth mindset.
0: Yeah, uh, I think given in, in that context, like I guess that's why they have um, like the buddy system in, in the, 12 set, the 12 step process for even like AA, just having someone mm-hmm. there, or even like in the gym, you know, just having a workout buddy, just having someone there to sort of like you know you up when you kind of want to take the easy way or just kind of just you know I think it's just human nature like when we sort of make any progression to take it in and like bask in its glory and then just like okay sit back and be like all right now we can take a break but then when we have someone like okay all right no get up we, we got to do this, we, it's not over. And then uh, we sort of like build that discipline. So I think that in that way, it's really important, especially now there are a lot of people who really don't know how to handle this or tackle this because uh, for one, I didn't understand it at first. And then I was really just trying to understand people. And then I understand where they're coming from and, when they're coming from like these places, they're coming from like an authentic place. You know, they're genuinely fearful of, you know, what are they gonna do? How are they gonna support their family and these things? So you could only imagine the worries and fears they have, but trying to really shift their mind and Mm -hmm. make them, you know, change. Not change, but like you know, make them see like the the, the other way, and that you know there is a possibility. How do you sort of have the, the the patience in like you know just like okay, it's okay, you know, like if we if you fall, you know, get up, try it again, and just mm-hmm. you know, being patient as well as being nurturing, rather than like coming from like a uh, any other place, like you know, like I- I- even if you wanted to. I always said like, even if you wanted to give someone like constructive criticism, rather it'd be better not to do any criticism, you know, like go at it a different way because our tone is um, like, like, I think it's like 45% body language, 45% tone and like 15% words. And then Uh it's trying to keep that all in play and, you know, trying to be mindful in the conversation and still help that person.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are some really good points. And it's so true that, you know, you do have to be mindful, um, and understanding and compassionate. That's a big one, you know, and empathetic. And I think first and foremost, I mean, just to go back to my own process and it's been just having that for myself, you know, having self-compassion and empathy and, and recognizing that I am a human and these are like, normal human feelings and emotions that we all have. And, you know, being able to sit with them for yourself helps you to be able to sit with them uh, with other people. And I think that that's where that patient, patience comes in is there's a, uh, this concept called holding space. And holding space really means that you just are sitting with somebody. You don't necessarily have to be saying anything but you're just present with them you know maybe you say a few encouraging like words that that's hard you know it's difficult to feel like that because it is difficult to feel like that it's, you know to feel those negative emotions that we feel that are normal as humans so you know it's kind of sitting with yourself first and foremost and then being able that helps you to sit with other people um so you know any kind of emotions that i have of course like you know in certain instances i can't necessarily. Deal and process them with them at the same, you know, at the same time, you know. But I have to go back and say, oh, during that session, that brought up a lot of sadness, for example, you know, and it reminded me of the loss of my grandmother when I heard, you know, my patient tell me the story about the loss of their grandmother or grand- grandfather. You know, like you, you kind of have to be aware of those things, put that to the side, pro- help the p- the person process their feelings and sit with them, and then go back and look at your own. And I think that that's, that's why therapy is such a helpful thing to be in, to do, because we don't normally have that for ourselves. You know, We don't normally have people in our lives that will, will sit with us in that, in that way.
0: Yeah, no, um, that's really paramount in the aspect of you, I guess you can't really be there or like even listen to anyone if you first can't be by yourself and listen to your inner self, and then when you're finally in tune and you got yourself uh, you know, in, the, in the right key, then you can sort of like be there, not meaning like, you know, like you can physically be there, but like also just, you, you, like you said, not you don't even have to say anything, just like shaking your head or like, I didn't understand how important it is to like listen, and how so many people just want to be heard. Like I, I had spoken mm-hmm. spoken to this uh, uh, rabbi. Uh, he he gave a TED talk. His name is uh, Rabbi Yonasan. He said when he came back from uh, like uh, his school for, uh, in Israel, he he was curious and he wanted to know how to understand people. So he decided mm-hmm. to hitchhike across america and he, he noticed one thing was that when he didn't have a sign no one really stopped him and when he had a sign people sort of stopped and so his like perception on that was like when you sort of know where you're going like you have a, a like a destination people will want to come along with you and then the next thing was that just being in these trucks Uh, like these uh, huge like semi-trucks and uh, listening to these people he came to the conclusion that like a lot of people just really want to be heard and not not a lot of people are being heard yeah that's it that
1: that i that really resonates i think that that's so true
0: yeah so you know with like psycho um like therapy and this approach on like uh like a holistic healing how, how would you say, like, um, compared to, you know, other, ther- like, psychotherapists, like, how is your, like, style or your demeanor different from theirs?
1: Oh, that is a very good question. It's so hard to know. Um, I have to say, of course, like, you know, we all have our personalities. And um, so my personality is definitely involved, not as much, uh, you know, it depends upon what school of thought that you come from, you know, people who are more psychoanalytically oriented, which is like the more Freudian, you know, where you're sitting on the couch and the therapist is behind you and you don't really see their reaction and you're kind of free associating. That's not the kind of therapy that I, could ever do or, or resonates with me. Uh, I do more like kind of psychodynamic, which is really interactive. Uh, Interpersonal is a part of that where, you know, we talk about different things that might come up even between me and the patient or the person that I'm working with uh, in the, in the session. And it's helpful. Like, you know, look, I, I disclose things sometimes, you know, I talk about things that I've been through or experiences that I've had that I think could be really helpful for people. Because I think one of the things is, is that kind of going back to what you were just saying about listening is, you know, not only do people feel like they don't have anybody to listen to them, they feel alone. People just feel, really feel alone. And I would say, you know, just like we all have ears and eyes and a heart and all these different, like, physical attributes that all make us humans, uh, we have the same emotional attributes. So feeling lonely, not feeling heard, feeling not good enough. Like there's very, there's like, you know, many of us feel those feelings. And so, you know, sometimes I think that psychoeducation about, you know, just being a human just generally a lot of times we don't feel like we feel so alone that we have those feelings and no one else has those feelings um just kind of um normalizing that and sometimes it's hard just it's just by saying oh well you know everybody people feel like that all the time that doesn't really quite get that sometimes you have to tell a story that helps people to understand oh there was an experience that somebody else you knew or that I had, you know, personally, and I'll share that with them, especially when I know that they're having a hard time accepting that, you know, other people could potentially be experiencing this. Um, and, and part of it is because, you know, we also, you know, we're individuals and, you know, we do have our own individual way of, you know, things that have happened to us and experiences that should, you know, kind of, make us who we are, uh, but we also have this shared consciousness. And we can get like those intertwined, you know? So some people will say like, oh, you know, I feel depressed. No one feels like this. And it's like, no, actually depression is a common feeling that many people feel. And it comes from the core feeling of sadness which, by the way, as a species, if we didn't have that core feeling of sadness, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be connected to other people. We wouldn't have the um, socialization and the the world that we have, that we've created together, if we didn't have that core feeling of sadness, because part of what they think, and, you know, again, some of this stuff is, you, you know, we're still learning about it. We're still researching about it, but sadness is is actually a way of experiencing sadness is a way of bringing people together and connecting people.
0: Okay. But then wouldn't you say that some people would be like, come like, starting with this notion or like trying to come on like a, okay, this is what it is. You're kind of. Um, Saying it's okay, not no, I'm not trying to say that it's not not okay, but rather you kind of want them to, sh- sort of, say okay, it's okay, but know that like you know it's like the law of thought, like our uh, we can only focus on one thing at a time, whether it be a positive or a negative, we can choose to change that negative thought with a positive ch- thought. So like rather than having them you know letting them just focus in on the uh, on the sadness and depression because then i feel like when you sort of do that then they sort of fall in this hole and then they like it's like okay and it's like it's like why me then it's like you know it it, that's sort of like you don't want to go down that rabbit hole either uh, rather you want to have them like shift their mind into realizing okay it's actually a a, a mindset is actually a it's a thing it's like there's a there, there's like a, there's a strategy there's like you know like a there's a game plan behind it, and if I don't figure out how to use this like playbook of the mindset, then like um, the te- you know the next team of like uh, self this uh, self you know like lack of self confidence or sadness and depression they're gonna beat my mindset and then I'm gonna lose the championship. <laughs>
1: Well, right, right. Well, it depends upon the context. So remember what we were talking about about holding space for somebody?
0: Okay.
1: So that that space that you that you hold for somebody, like that, you know, for example, like you were just talking about it, that why me. You do have to say that like why why me?" and you have to feel feel the feelings of sadness or fear or anger or whatever that feeling is. because what doesn't get expressed, um, gets repressed and it, and it gets stuck in your body. It gets stuck in your, you get, you act it out. So, so it's, it's funny because, you know, one of the top things that people say when, um, they, they talk about therapy and not not wanting to go to therapy is they're so afraid that they're going to drown in all of their negative emotions. And they're not going to be able to like function and they're not going to be able to, to deal with it. And I remember it's funny because I, so I worked at a clinic for a long time and I saw my therapist when I first started seeing her, I saw her, I started work at 11 and I saw her at 9.45. And I was like, oh my gosh, that only gives me like a half an hour to get myself together so I could see my own patients. <laughs> and, and I And I remember telling her, I'm like, I don't know if I could see you before then I feel like I'm gonna be like a huge mess. And I was at times, right? But the the beauty of therapy, and I think that what uh, people don't might not understand, and, and this, is, this is good we're having this conversation, is that it's contained. It's contained. Your emotions will be contained. You think that you're not going to be able to control them, and that they're going to go like off the rails. Um, and they might, and then you know, then you just need a little bit more support. But usually, it's contained within the room. You know, you kind of like you talk about it. We hold space. It, you process it. And sometimes it takes, honestly, Amar, I would say it will take a couple of sessions or many sessions or many months where, you know, you go back and forth from feeling like a huge mess and like, you know, not having it together to saying, okay, what can I do now to like move forward? And then the next week, maybe, you know, you feel like a huge mess again. It, it, it you know, again, things are not linear. And so I think when we're, when we're working with your feelings are important and being able to just sit with them. And, and, um, and I, I love self development have with it is that emotions are totally disavowed and not dealt with. So it's like, okay, you know, change your mindset and change your state. And then, you know, you, you felt like that, that you had that loss, but whatever, just brush it off and then forward.
0: Okay, that um, that had me um, go down a different way of thought. As in, you, it it's like with anything, then right? Like when...
1: talking to you know friends can help in some ways, uh, but I do think that therapy is unique in the sense that I can listen to somebody talk about a breakup for years. In year and I have, by the way, uh, years and years, or the loss of a parent or the loss of uh, an animal for years, um, because it still profoundly affects them. But they do move forward. Okay. It feels like it might feel like for, to them or to the lay person, kind of outside, that they're not moving forward, but they are. They're 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 processing their feelings. So I think that um. Yeah. And, and, and look, I, I, I like what you said earlier too about self-discipline. I think that there, there is room for that in this process. It's just that there there's these other steps and, and actually I kind of laid them out before and I, I can do it really quickly is the first part is self-awareness. So having self-awareness about yourself, having self-compassion is the second part. So understanding that um, you that it's normal as a human to feel this way. And then accepting that this is where you are, this is who you are. And then the self-discipline is where where do you want it to change? And that's I think kind of a great way to frame it in your mind, especially as you know you move forward in life. Um, talking about a survival guide to life. That that that's my survival guide to life.
0: <laughs> okay. No, um so it in that regard then taking you know like a uh, trying to measure progression. You have to measure everyone's progression with what adversity they've been through or like things they've been through. So you can't really have one and be like, use that same, you know, system or that same uh, way of measuring their success and how they're coping with their mentality towards another person. And uh, it kind of made me think of the, the show Monk, you know, and like even after uh, like it was like four or five seasons, like how much like uh, progression he made in the uh, as in terms of like his uh, OCD and things like that, <laughs> right? And uh, just having, but having like a uh, it was like self awareness and self compassion, and finally saying you know you need the self discipline and you know where you're s- supposed to go what like in in the terms of like as a patient or i'm just trying to understand like um in terms of like a psychotherapist and like w- what is the approach like in how to handle that as uh as a patient if you sort of like you know see these like things and stuff you sort of like try to find like okay now what's the cause or, like like what like why does this keep coming back now you've kind of like they've they've talked about this and they have made it clear that you know and then You could say they've come to terms with it, but now you sort of see this like repeat pattern, but like in other areas of the life, is 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 that happen now? And then that's where you sort of like then go to see that okay, it's just the way that they're looking at any any like any situation in those terminologies. If that makes sense,
1: right. Yeah so it's 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 about understanding kind of the patterns that people have and how they will react to certain situations because you'll notice i mean you will notice that you have similar reactions to to similar experiences in your life right so i think sometimes it's hard because we don't really quite see that like outwardly um, or inwardly actually, but outwardly people will see it. Like, you know, your friends will tell you, oh my God, why are you dating that person? You know, that's the same type of person that you dated before, you know, she's just like Mary who you dated two years ago, or, you know, and and, and interestingly enough, um, another a- amazing aspect of that is that we, we are, we're, we're creatures of habits and we continuously uh, are attracted to and have similar like patterns in certain kinds of people, and so if you have an awareness of that, and you can develop an awareness of that pattern. The pull of of the chemistry and of like love is so strong. That you don't you almost don't realize that you're go, you, that you're kind of dating a similar person that you were dating before. and then it's not until you sit, take a step back and you start looking at that and you're like, oh wow, there's a lot of similarities here with these people or friends even or jobs. A lot of people have the same type of job where they get into the same uh, issue with the, their boss and then they're wondering like, okay wh- why am I doing this And that is where, the good stuff is, because that's when you can say, oh, wow, I'm doing this again. Why am I doing this? And what does this bring up for me? And usually it's like, you know, kind of unfinished, unresolved issues with your primary caregivers, your parents. And, you know, I know that most of the time there's an ongoing like joke in therapy. Oh, it's like, it's it's your mother, your mother is the problem. It's not necessarily that. What, what it is really is that you know, we come in as a being, not as a blank slate, but you know, we learn every th- things that we need to learn in order to get along in the world and to get along with other people through our parents and our siblings actually as well, and people that are around us. And so those dynamics get ingrained in us. And sometimes we um, are attracted to what's familiar Um in some ways, or we can, you know, avoid what's familiar. Like, you know, if your, you know, father loved to, to, to go golfing, and you had a bad relationship with your father, you know, any man who golfs you, that you try to date, you, you know, you're not that. That for whatever reason, that's like an immediate turnoff for you. I mean, that's just like a simplistic example, but but there's some, but, you know, there's more, you know, more personality issues that that come up. But that, but that's um. That's kind of like a, a little bit of a something that happens. I think for for a lot of people, and they don't really realize that until they recognize that there was the third or fourth or job or boss or friend or partner uh, that's in reliving the same issue.
0: No, that's um, it's 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 something that needs to be taken with a lot of care because. I used to sort of like have these thoughts and like, you know, sometimes you get angry and then you try to like play this blame game and then you like uh, wanna push it away. But then if you take a step back and then you, like you said, like, you know, when you listen and then you try to come from a place of understanding, say whether, for example, say be parents, you know, like this is the first time that they're, in this situation, you know, like with a child, and how would you be if you were them? And like, imagine, you know, like all the struggles and hurdles, and they were just, you know, they're just trying to understand it themselves, and you know, trying to do it to the best of their abilities, and or like maybe it's like your boss, like maybe he's like at this term that you know it's like maybe like times like this, coronavirus, and like business maybe not so good so like i think that's where we have to really be like as humanistic or like you know like as em- empathy uh, like come from a lot of empathy and mm-hmm. use the same empathy we use for ourselves on other people you know because it's like we sort of have like <laughs> this two like two like two ways and it's like we we like anything that's like for us it's like oh okay we we just like abundance of empathy and then when and now it's time to like for someone else it's just like all right pull out this uh microscope and you know like start picking around. right and <laughs> uh in, in that aspect i guess it's just like us like it, you know um humans now uh, my next question was like you know when when you took your like trip uh abroad and to like uh india and stuff what what was that like and like um who what was like uh so what who was victoria like before the trip and like where was her head at and like you know like what was like sort of her mentality and then like going through these experiences and like living through it and then like the flight back like uh just see if you could like walk me through it because i was just curious because it must have been a profound uh moment in your time
1: it really was, Amar. It really was actually. And it's funny because as you were saying that you're like, who was Victoria before India? Who's Victoria after? I think at the time I didn't recognize that I had changed only since I've kind of processed my life a little bit that I, that, that, that was, I mean, I, I, okay. So what, what happened was before India, how I got even, going to India, because I went to a community, no, I'm sorry, a, a very small college in upstate New York, Colgate, and uh, there, it, there wasn't a lot of diversity, to be honest with you, and me and my friend, we loved to dance, and so we loved Indian music. But, well, we saw these, uh, these girls from Uh, of Indian descent and they had a a dance troupe called the Nagina dancers and me and my friend we just loved the dancing because it was a very similar to hip-hop and the music was really major that that was applicable. I happen to be majoring in religion and psychology, so I went to India because I really wanted to dance and they were gonna do Bharat Natyam. I don't know if you know anything about Bharat but it's it's a south indian dance that is very old and very complicated where you're basically in a squat position dancing all these like dance moves it's very it's it's not it's no bollywood dancing it's, it's very complicated so um it was a great experience because i got to try some things that i never would have tried before Be in a culture that i never probably would have a country that I never probably would have gone to, I would imagine, you know, coming from upstate New York. But anyways, so, you know, in India, there's uh, quite a few people, actually, many people. And there's all kinds of classes, caste, there's a caste system and classes. And, you know, you don't necessarily kind of see, I mean, you do see that in America, but it was very pronounced there. Um, you know, there was a lot of sad moments where I saw kids begging for money and you don't really necessarily see that here in the U S so it really just opened up my eyes to a lot of different aspects of humanity and to, and to the culture and to suffering in many ways. And not that I hadn't suffered, you know, in my own life, but it was a different type of suffering. And one thing that was clear was community and family being very important. And so when I left India the shortly after, I decided that I was going to go to social work school because that seemed to be an alignment um, after going there and learning about their culture and learning about connecting with people and how to kind of help. So that that was that really spoke to me and I and I want I wanted to. Focused particularly on families and children, I thought that that would be something that I'd be the most interested in. Uh, however, that changed as I, as my career, um, you know, the trajectory went more towards mental health. But um, that I think that that's probably how India has impacted me the most is is just really uh, just seeing society and culture in a different way and trying to see where I could be of service and help.
0: Oh, okay, so that, that makes a lot of sense. as in You, like, being in America, and so you just see all these things that normally we don't really pay so much attention to or we don't really appreciate too much. And, like, going somewhere, like, there and seeing the state they're in, as in, like, you know, like, the littlest things that something that, you know, we wouldn't even look at or you know it wouldn't even like come in our mind has a huge impact on them and you know they'd be so appreciative for like and and it sort of makes you wake up and you sort of like I have all these like you know like blessings or I have like all these like things that like you know I'm not really grateful for and it sort of brings you into this like uh, attitude of gratitude and then that's when you sort of like Mm -hmm. can really like come from an authentic place because you you, you don't really understand someone really until right and then it's like when you see the kid like uh, the kid who doesn't really have anything to eat but he like rips his food in half and still gives it to you i I think in that way um, that that makes sense so in in like coming there and then now and the pandemic and I'm sure like people or clients or just patients or even like family or anyone that's like coming and asking you as in general, like like, freaking out or, you know, just trying to like get from this flight or fright, you know, factor and just like come to ease. How have you just like sort of like, you know, tell like everyone in passing as in like your friends and family and it's just like, okay all right, you know, just be resilient, you know. It's like, it's one thing to say, you know, all these things to everyone, but then, you know, like, also just, like, understanding, like, I know it must be also hard, as in, <laughs> like, just because you know, you're a therapist, I'm sure, like, people would just be like, oh, okay, so now, Victoria, like, I need to, the, like, the, the, like want to talk to you, like, and then you're, you're like, okay, I know, <laughs> but, like, there's probably, like, a time where you're just, like, you you kind of want to like back away from, or like you need your time to like unwind, right? So like what what are these things that you sort of do so you you don't come off like 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 a, a, a I don't the right like a, a like you know someone like who's rude, but like you you still like give time for yourself and do justice for yourself.
1: Right. That is such a great question, Amar. And it's so funny because I'm, I'm visiting my family right now. So I've been practicing a lot of this is it's really just being mindful and present. and, and, And so most of the time, you know, people are just curious about themselves. So, you know, I always like, again, I have compassion for other humans as I'm a human. So I know that like, if somebody asks me a question or has like a problem or starts talking about something, um, I can give, and, and it took me a while to actually learn this uh, because I didn't have such good, great boundaries in the beginning because I was like, oh, I can help them. I'll let me help them. But it's, I, I can help in, in a very limited way and, and give resources and give a little bit of time, but you know, setting that, that boundary. And I think just being, uh, for me, the, the opposite was more true where I was just kind of giving unsolicited advice and I still kind of do that, especially with my family. And that's why I've been practicing mindfulness and being present. Uh, And just kind of sitting and holding space and not necessarily, you know, judging or or saying anything um, and just kind of like being present and being there and being mindful and and asking myself if, you know, is this going to be is this helpful to them? Or is this just going to make me feel better and satisfy my ego? Right. So that's been very helpful. And again, you know, it's really about understanding yourself. Like, I really just want people to feel better at the end of the day, like, and, then I'm, and I'm sure many people have that goal in their lives. Uh, but my job is actually to help people to feel better in, in many ways. And so when I see opportunities for that, I can't help but want to do that. But I have to have an awareness, okay, that's the drive that I have uh, to want to do that. But is that an appropriate time for me to do that, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, constantly, being aware of what's coming up and that's why that the mindfulness practice is really important and being present and open that like has been a godsend it's been so helpful
0: So, in, in, in those terms and what you said like i feel like anyone can take it and they can put it in any aspect of their life like um what is really the level you're coming at with this are you now really trying to help them or you like you know trying to just like make yourself like feel better or you know like do it for yourself in a way and then that's where I guess it comes with time and you, you kind of sometimes you know we lie to ourselves or like you know we kind of like, okay, you know, like, like you're talking about growth mindset and fixed mindset, you know, and then like, say you're talking about it, someone's listening, like, oh, yeah, growth mindset, yeah, I have that, you know, I have that, and then like, all of a sudden, like <laughs> and then boom, they're like listening in the car, and then say they like, rear-ended someone, and they're like, oh, why does this happen? And then it's like, you, you kind of like, <laughs> trick yourself, and then you, you, you have to, I guess it comes with time, and like, it's it's not something that's just easy. And I, I, kind of t- I have to like make myself realize it's like the mind really is like a brain, and it's repetition. Right. Um. No. Yeah. So coming, like, just coming towards the end, and like, uh, trying to wrap it up, just like a few more questions. Like, is it has there ever been like a t- like times where you like wish like pay or like kind of wanted patients to ask like these like a certain question or like go down this like road but then they kind of like oh, and you think it's like about to happen and they don't
1: <laughs> yeah sometimes oh. sometimes because I like talking about this stuff because I think that we, you know you we don't take a step back from our lives and we think that what what's happening like right now is and, and I get it I get it. I've been there many, many times and still get there many times, you know, often, but we think that this, this moment is our life and it's not. And so, you know, my, my purpose is trying to help people to see that, like, we are so much bigger than the moment. And what do we want our lives to actually like really look like? What kind of impact do we want to have on the world? And, and not even like a big one where we have to have like, know a million dollars or billions of dollars or whatever um to contribute being a philanthropist or anything like that it's just like you know your your actions affect other people and knowing that is really important and and your actions affecting other people how do you want that other person to react and to be and do you want them to be uh, you know, good in the world? Or do you want them to be like upset and angry and, and depressed and and, uh, and overwhelmed by everything? And then that they put that on other people, because, you know, like I, you know, talk just to go back to the, the first thing that we were talking about is, you know, the cognitive, the, you know, physical, behavioral, and uh, emotional, and this energy, think that we pay, pay a lot of attention to. So just bringing this, these conversations out into the world is just so helpful in helping people to take a step back about what you know what their lives are, look like. Um, I actually happened to watch Soul last night. Have you seen that yet?
0: No, okay, tell, do tell me more.
1: Oh my gosh, they did it again. Awesome. Uh, so Pixar and Disney, they had the movie Inside Out, which I love, is about emotions. And this movie Soul is about a person who ends get almost dies in an accident, and then his soul. And it's it's a story about what happens to your soul. And so it's amazing they did such a great job. And it's the same question. It's like, what did you you know like your life every day is basically a miracle, like to be here, and how are you living your life? Um, if with whatever issues and problems and things that you have going on, can you still take a moment to celebrate? Like, uh, you know, I'm looking at the snow outside, like, you know, you, you know, like, like that, that there's like these moments in our lives that we just like, don't have gratitude for and don't feel thankful for. And they just kind of like, they, se uh, fue, they leave. You know, they just take off and, and you don't like really hold on to it. And I think that movie did a really great job of, of, of expressing that. And that's at the end of the day, what I hope to help people to understand. So maybe I can't do it in a session with the patient at the time because they're like processing the loss of their grandmother. So they're not like, you know, thinking about this whole like concept of, you know, the world and, you know, their space in the world. Um, but eventually, you know, we do, we do get to that point to talk about that. And and that's kind of, and it's hard, right? Because this is how I see the world, right? This is my perception of the world. Um, and everybody's is different, but I, you know, unless I, you know, somebody tells me different, you know this is what I think is kind of what matters, right? Is like giving to each other and in, in moving us forward in in terms of consciousness and awareness about, you know being of service and and connecting and loving and taking care of one another.
0: Uh, No, with with that, you you said something that I think everyone should, you know, like sort of try to bring in their daily practices and like try to sort of step back and take this bird's eye view. And it's like, we're always like, all right, what's next? What's next, you know, like worried about what's Mm -hmm. next and trying to go on to the next thing we never really stop and like you know we may be on a vacation like looking like the oceans at like the top of the mountain and not really uh not really seeing like what's in front of us and enjoying that and like basking that glory and rather we're like okay so 11 o'clock we got to go there and like so to just appreciate those little wins and i i keep seeing it over and over again it's it's not until you start celebrating those little wins where you'll start getting the bigger ones because you 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 need to start appreciating those ones before more can come and uh, yeah uh with with that um would you i always ask the guests like say you're watching this video now like a year from now and uh you know what do you want to tell future victoria and then like sort of like bring it into existence or just like, you know, hey, how's it going? Like, this is what you're doing and this is what you (laughs) did.
1: Right. I, well, I honestly just hope to continue to do what I'm doing. Reach as many people as possible. And that's why I'm so grateful that you asked me to, to be on your podcast. I I really feel very, um, very honored. So thank you. And just to keep on doing, yeah, this where, you know, just, helping people to, to see that, like, you know, I get so frustrated when they talk about mental health and it make, and I think actually COVID, one great thing about COVID that happened was everybody was affected and people were depressed, not sleeping and not eating or not taking care of themselves, having anxiety. Not that I wanted that, but um, it, but what it showed was it's a normal reaction to extra, you know, extraordinary circumstances. No, no. And that's what I want to, to like, to know that, like I was a part of helping people to understand that, like, hey, look, just because you have depression or bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, whatever, you know, whatever diagnosis, you know, you do have, there are, there are normal reactions to the environment and stimulus of, of whatever's going on, whether it's externally or internally in your brain. So ha- just giving people that information and continuing to give people that information, I think that, that would that is what I would um, be proud of, I guess, you know, uh, for my future self.
0: No, uh, that, that's something to be uh, very proud of. And it's like a very noble thing because, you know, not uh, it's so many times where we're just focused on ourselves, even in our occupation, uh, you, you know, you sort of like, it's like you know putting on your mask before the other like thing but rather than like okay let me just put on their mask it's okay and uh it's it's really i think underappreciated and undervalued like you know they say like the the healthcare workers are the superheroes but really like you know the therapists the psychologists and then the ones who really just sit there and like have the patience to you know listen and like come from a place of understanding and you know not getting angry or not you know not getting upset it it, it takes a lot and a lot of like work so you know <laughs> i want to commend you for that and then the next thing is um two truths and one lie so any two truths and one lie and then i'm going to try to guess which one's the lie
1: okay uh... The fur okay, the first statement is, uh, when I was 16, I worked at McDonald's. Um, oh, gosh, <laughs> I have a hard time lying. So uh, the second is, um, I have... I have two dogs and uh, the third is, I believe that everybody can change and change for the better.
0: You worked at McDonald's when you were 16. Uh, You don't have two dogs.
1: Yes, very good. (laughs) I don't have two dogs
0: okay no because i was gonna be uh, i was like okay maybe uh i i would say something like okay now i don't think anyone could change for the not everyone could change for the better because there's like a, there just as we have positive people like there there has to be a balance and there needs to be negative people so uh, i was thinking that but then i was like okay maybe one <laughs> And then uh, the last thing is um, if you could just like send us off with a quote, maybe something you have came across recently that's sort of been resonating with you.
1: Oh, yes. I have um, this great quote that I just got from Nelson Mandela and it is... Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I just bought this. And I know you reminded me too. <laughs> um, uh, I'm so
0: sorry. You're uh, no, you're fine. It's okay. I can I can edit this part off. It
1: always seems impossible. Yeah, I know. I'm so I'm so sorry. I like, no, you're fine. Okay. I, I have it. It's Okay, Uh, it always seems impossible until it's done. And I love that quote because it reminds me of and once we've done something, we can store it in our brain. Our brain says, oh, we did that before and that was okay. Or we did it before and it didn't turn out great, but maybe this time will be different. So I think it's always, what he says, it's always seems impossible until it's done is really a function of how our brains works. And that if we do something, then we know that we can do it and that we can even do more than what we think or even dream is possible. And so
0: that's that's the quote. Uh, I, I like that quote, and uh, it's a great way to end the show. And uh, thanks for sharing your insight and giving us like a little deeper look into what this is and what it really entails and how you win in life physically, spiritually, mentally, and physically.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Amar.